Welcome, everybody, to another installment of our Jaded Wrestling, Jaded Interviews. I'm Kevin Rogue. I'm here, as always, with Al Day. And today we got quite the treat. Somebody I'm definitely looking forward to speaking with. We got one half of Northern Force, one Paul Reed. Paul, how are you doing today, my friend? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic, man. Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. So, one half of Northern Force Tag Team Wrestling, and, and anybody that's familiar with me or familiar with Al, they know that we got a soft spot in our heart for tag team wrestling. Getting into wrestling, did you know it was it was going to be tag? How did you find yourself in a tag? So, first day of camp, Vern uh, comes up to me and just, me and you, we're a tag team. And I just kind of thought, like, oh, okay. I guess this is going to happen, not even thinking of it. And then their training and this whole COVID thing, like we talked just about every day and it was always going back to different tag stuff. Like I've always loved tag team wrestling. Like you got the British Bulldogs, Demolition, uh, Legion of Doom or Road Warriors, whatever they're called at the time. Like I love the Brain Busters, but like the tag team that got me really into tag team wrestling was the New Age Outlaws. Uh, do you remember, I want to say it's WrestleMania 14, those two versus uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack. And dumpster. they put them in a dumpster and they just knock them off the stage. And I'm like, wait, this is allowed? Like, you can do this? <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. So from that point on, I've always loved tag team wrestling. Yeah, it is. It, tag team wrestling is always it's such a, a a different kind of art form than than your singles, and it's something that oh, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate. And I think you know you named off some of the some of the the greats of yesteryear. You know, the Brain Busters and, and Demolition. I know Demolition's one of Al's all time favorites. You missed my all time favorite in the Heavenly Bodies. I forgive you. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> but you did you did mention LOD, and that's been kind of a topic that we've been going back and forth on on the uh, the the year of Duke and Rogue podcast because LOD is, I mean, they're, they're huge, right? Everybody, yeah. everybody, much everybody you hear LOD and they're a fan. And, and I kind of posed the question uh, as far as tag team wrestling goes. I mean, do, can you remember like your top three LOD matches? Oh, no, they're, they never really had great matches, right? But right. they're this spectacle that are bigger than life. Like those guys were huge. And they were huge even in the era of like Hulk and Andre and Tugboat and Big Boss Man. When Big Boss Man was big, not when he came back and slimmed down by like 150 pounds. But like you yeah. had all of these giant guys and they were just bigger than everyone. And I mean, Demolition, those are big guys. Like I've met Barry Darso, like still a big guy. And toe to toe, like you just had these monsters. And LOD wasn't they weren't the heart foundation who are going to go out there and Brett is just going to be a technical master. They're just going to beat you up. They're going to throw you around and then they're going to drop you on your head and they're going home. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, I mean, you, you nailed it right there, man. That is, that is kind of the, 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 I guess conclusion that we kind of came to as well is that they're not, they're not there to put on a, you know, a heart foundation, a heavenly body style match. They're, they're there to show up, kick ass and be on, be on their way. But that it's something that I always, I find interesting, especially talking to somebody that uh, is a tag uh, just to see what their perspective is on, on oh, yeah. you know, uh, and you said the, the new age for tots now, like all <laughs> the I'm not, 
I know a guy we've got to talk to on Tots now because he is a big LOD guy. Like he's getting a tattoo of LOD that I want you to ask that exact question to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is the more you think about it, it was the atmosphere that they created with the shoulder pads. I mean, they were both five, 600 pound bench press guys. Oh, yeah. They're huge guys. But it was that atmosphere. And you're right that the technical matches, Paul, you nailed it on the head. They were going to beat you up, drop you on your head, and you know, collect their paycheck and go to the house. <laughs> yeah. Cause, I mean, as soon as you hear that, what a rush, like the place goes into a frenzy. And you don't need to do much after that. I mean, even if you watch like older rock and roll versus Midnight Express matches, like when they were at their height, like what if you really sit down and watch those 20 minute matches, they're not going for 20 minutes. Like there's a lot of start, stop, start, stop. Like probably they're only doing about five to eight minutes worth of like true, true work. But it's getting that atmosphere, that up and down and Legion of Doom was great at it. But if you also watch, like, they didn't do a 20-minute match. Like, they got in there, beat guys up. Like, for title matches, they went longer. But you, you can't have a title match with them all the time because they're going to run over everyone. And now you have no tag division. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So do you, do you prefer, like, your, your tag style? You prefer working more closely to a, you know, to a heart foundation type of a, uh, of a match, correct? Yeah. So. We're real big fans. Like, uh, have you ever heard of the tag team, the Fantastics? They were big in the 80s. They had a run against uh, Midnight Express. Uh, I want to say there's an Eddie Gilbert Sting match against them. Like, they're fantastic. Like, and yeah, I get the pun on that one. But <laughs> like them, like just the way they work, the lockups, getting in and out, Brainbusters, Arn and Tully are amazing. Like. I really like the style that like FDR has now to where they do do bigger moves that look like, Oh, that's awesome. Like they have shatter machine. I mean, they're bringing back the uh, spike uh, pile driver that Arn and Tully use, but the way they do stuff, like they're in holds, they're cutting off the ring. Like everything is more psychology instead of just these, four guys running in, running out, running in, running out, which I mean, I love that stuff too. Like I can watch the Lucha bros and top fight all day, but at the end of the day, like if you give me an FTR match, like FTR and DIY, they put on great matches, FTR, American alpha, great matches, but it's the psychology of it. Like they're not doing a hundred moves where it's big bump after big bump after big bump. It's, <laughs> how they get into that and how they do different things. And that's kind of the stuff I like more, like to tell a story. I could probably wrestle a match and have one bump, but I would make that bump count and everything would build to it. For me, yeah. that's what I like more, but. It's, it's, that's, here. Hey, I, that, that's my kind of, that's my kind of wrestling brother. That, that is, that is absolutely the stuff that, that I love. That is some of the stuff. I mean, I don't want to be one of those old men, you know, those get, get off my lawn type of wrestling fan, but at, <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's reached the point where I kind of feel like that, you know, old man, get off my lawn type of wrestling fan, because the, the wrestling of, of years prior to just speaks to, it speaks to me so much more than, you know what I mean? Because they, the moves mattered and the selling 
mattered. I mean, some of the moves that they move in and out of and, and nothing to not taking away anything from, from a tag team, like uh, the Lucha brothers or the Bucks or anything like that. But the moves are, so, they would have been finishers and they're using yeah. them as setups. And that's, that's what I think kind of loses me in, in a lot of the tag teams of today. Um, and I, I'm open about my favorite tag team of all time is the heavenly bodies. So that'll never, you know, that'll never change, but you could, you could see like, maybe they were the Lucha brothers of their time. You know what I mean? Some of those matches that them and the rock and roll express did. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's crazy looking everything. Like, even if you go way back, like the original nature boy, buddy Rogers, like those matches seem incredibly slow compared to like 80 standards, like, like doing a suplex. It might not be your finisher, like in the late seventies. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> so now, like, you kind of see where everything is. But I'm also someone like, if you're hitting 20 bumps in a match and these big move after big move after big move, to me, it kind of loses how big something is. Right. So, and the crowd is going to get exhausted because they, you see these 20 big moves, like, what are you supposed to get up for? Like, I'm also a big fan of like, teasing a big move, getting out of it, and then trying to get back to it to where, oh, like, it's going to happen. No, it's not. Oh, it's going to happen. No, it's not. And then you finally get it to where now they're really coming for it. Right. You build that, you build that anticipation and build it, you know, get them to the edge of the seat before you, you make them fall off, the, <laughs> fall off their seat. Yeah. That's, I mean, man, that is, that is you, uh, I know you, you and me and Al, we, we were all a little simpatico. <laughs> Our and our, our love for the wrestling, the wrestling. There's things. nothing wrong with picking a body part, telling a story, like attacking a body part. You know, to if either to do execute your finishing move or to stop them from doing theirs. But that's wrestling psychology should be one hundred and one. Yeah. Listening to, uh, I was listening today at the office while I was writing my annual appraisal garbage stuff and uh, the Chris Jericho interview with Adam Cole. And he talked about the stuff that Shawn Michaels was teaching them of like, you know, stay on the mat. Like, you know, when it's a double down, like both of you are down, he's like, stay on the mat, let that crowd anticipation build. And that's a spot fest, you know, is ah, 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 the whole time, just back and forth, up and down. And it's not as meaningful as a good told story, something that's believable that I'm coming in here. It's, you know, you believe that I'm hurting this guy. My, uh, I'm going to take a side trail. My favorite story, Bobby Eaton told us this one day at lunch. He was trained by Tojo Yamamoto. And Tojo was talking to Bobby about selling, and they were riding in the car. And Bobby said he grabbed my ear and twisted it and pulled me to where I could see in the rearview mirror. He's, and I'm thinking he's ripping my ear off. And he said, you see that face? He said, when I put you in a hold, you make that face. (laughs) That's selling. You make the people believe it. So there's my soapbox. We'll get on with the interview. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a hell of a soapbox. And Al, you said wrestling 101. Uh, So if we can take that and kind of talk a little bit about uh, getting into training, Paul, tell me about the decision to, to, to take that leap, get into training. I mean, obviously you had to come from a spot where you were a fan. And then pulling oh, the trick yeah. to join up and 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 get into training. I mean, walk me through that those steps. So there's going to be a little bit of a meander, but so I grew up like watching WWF, WWE, like everyone else. 
So you see just literally how big everyone is. And in high school, as a freshman in high school, I was 4'11", 90 pounds. So probably about half or even more than half of what I am now. Yeah. But up until probably the last four or five years, I've still thought of myself as a very small guy, even though I, you've met me in person. I'm not small by any imagination. My friends since like elementary school, even to this day are like six, four, six, five, like three, 400 pounds. So no matter how big I am, still the small guy. So it took a lot of getting that. And then finally, uh, I was working at a bar. We had a couple wrestling shows and I've had multiple people like, are you a wrestler? I'm like, no, like you should be a wrestler. And then just talking to some guys and I decided to pull the trigger and supported my wife and kind of here I am. And really the only thing with that is the first day of camp was really the only day I was worried mainly because I didn't want to show up and be like, okay, I just spent this money to learn something. I don't want to shit the bed. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause the last thing you want to do is like, Oh, I can do this. I've watched wrestling forever. Like I know all of this and then you can't do it. Right. Like, but as soon as we got through the first stuff, I'm like, Oh no, I got this. And everything else is history. I mean, that, that's great too, especially going, going into it. I'm guessing uh, growing up, you probably had your, your fair share of uh, collar and elbow tie ups with your, with your buddy, like, you know, like I did or Al did with his brother. And, uh, and you kind of, you know what I mean? You mimic for so many years, what, what you saw on TV. So going into it, you, you know, you, you have the knowledge now it's just, you know, can you now maybe, maybe knowledge is the wrong way to put it, but, but you have an idea of how it works and now you're understanding. Yeah. And understanding. And then it's, yeah. Then it's the application. like. I mean, you have so many people like as children that I want to be this when I grow up. And then by the time they're to that point, they're like, I can never do that. So, I mean, I guess I've gotten kind of lucky. The one thing I really enjoy doing and want to do, I actually took to it fairly well. And I pick up things easily. I'm able to visualize as I see someone doing it. So it only takes me a few times to get it. Like That's not for everyone. I'm just saying for me, that's, kind of how everything has worked yeah so yeah it's helped out immensely yeah absolutely man absolutely now how how long were you you trained at at the academy um in Minneapolis how how long did you go through training before you got to uh get get in the ring there for your first your first match over a year so uh November of 2019 is when me and Burns started training then COVID hit and shut everything down so we were close to Ken giving us his blessings to be like, yeah, you can go and have matches. So we didn't start working until January. So we had two matches in January and then we had a layoff until like April, just because things weren't opening up. Like we had a couple of things on the books, but they had to get canceled and moved around due to weather and other things. So April hit. And then, so like May, June, July, August, we've been going, going, going. And how long is it now? Probably two, two and a half months now since Vern went down. So everything we had booked, mm-hmm. that all just kind of reverted to single stuff. Yeah. And I've kept all my bookings, gotten even more bookings. I mean, it's kind of worked out. Uh, what is it? MIW last Saturday, King Leonidas, uh, 
he's running the book there now. He had me for his match and that was a great learning. Like he's been around forever and the vast majority of that match, we just in the ring, which is something I like to do more. Like we had a few spots of where we wanted to get to something, how we wanted to build, but for the most part, just a couple of talks. And then when we were out there, like even learning from him while out there, like when to settle, when to come back up, when to let that crowd kind of dictate where it is, like stuff like that is invaluable. And I know you guys had PD on a Mm -hmm. few months ago. I work with him at AWF and I've even asked him, like, if you give me signals, just give me bets. Like, let me learn. Let me go through this. And I think I'm doing a decent job because they keep bringing me back. So, yeah, man, I'm actually, I'm, I'm shocked to be honest with you um, that you, because to me in, in watching your work, you definitely seem more the part of a veteran like somebody that has a lot of um, in-ring experience just, just with the way that you work in the ring. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite shocked to hear that you, you don't have the amount of experience that I anticipated. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I added it up. I'm 16 mansions in. Wow. Get the yeah. hell out of town. Yeah. And se- seven of them are singles. So. Oh man. So I had to do a big shift between singles wrestling and tag wrestling. Cause yeah. The way everything was, Burn would take all the heat. I come flying in, hot tag, just lane house, lane house, lane house, go through everything. Then we can set up our finish or go through else what we have to. As soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, I need to figure out a comeback because coming in like basically a house on fire isn't happening if I just had the tar beaten out of me for four minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even Hulk Hogan didn't just shoot straight up and like start laying haymakers right man i i don't know i'm 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 shocked man that that is uh i'm still getting over the 16 matches brother yep. yeah that is uh, good for you man that, that thank is you. thank that, you that is, that is outstanding because i i mean i i've been able to obviously i've, I've seen you in person uh once uh and i've been able to go back and see what is up on youtube and uh, you're the part man you're the part i i like your work man it is uh I'm still just uh, you, you knocked me, <laughs> on my, you knocked me on my ass. Yeah, I, I did not expect it to be that that uh, um, that amount of experience. I expect it to be much more. So good, good for yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's good on you. That's, that's all that's it awesome. is. So, so I and, think that's actually kind of helped me because I'm able to exude that. Yeah, I can go in there and do that. Like, because uh, that Nick Nelson match to finish that roll up, first time I've ever done that. You're kidding. Nope, man. <laughs> He's just like. Can you just do a tuck the roll up? I'm like, yeah, how are we setting that up? He's like, full Nelson. He's like, just get up, down. I'm like, all right, we got it. There's wow. a lot of stuff I've done for the first time ever in a live match where I'm like, nah, we'll, we'll just do this. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. That is, uh, I'm like, that makes me excited for you, man. That's, that's, that's incredible, man. Good. That, that's, that's I'm outstanding. I'm sorry. It it knocked me. Like I said, you knocked me on my ass, man. Watching your matches, you do not look like you're just 16 matches in, man. Like it's oh, oh thank you, thank you. That, I mean, that really does mean a lot. I'm glad the greenness isn't showing through. No, not at all. I mean, I've been watching wrestling for over 30 years. I know Al's been watching for over 30 years too, and and you don't look you don't look 16 matches in, man. You look you look great. You look great. So that's, that's thank you, that's awesome. thank you. Uh, you you reference a lot of uh, older wrestling. Uh, do yeah. you find 
somewhat of a, a do you go back to a wrestling historian? Or is that just kind of what you prefer, what you like to, to pick apart when you're trying to implement things to what you do? A uh, little bit of both. Like I, I love how I, I have a bachelor's degree in history. So I love just history basics of everything. I like to know how things happen, why things came this way, why kind of everything works. So, and especially with the older wrestlers, it's like, I like the pacing of matches. I like how a lot of things are laid out and how you can tell a story, especially as a heel, by going back to almost the same move, just work an arm, work an arm, get that arm bar, just do it in different ways where you're really not doing a lot, but you're doing a lot. And just the movements and how everything works, like probably my favorite wrestler is Arn Anderson. Just the way he works, like some of his uh, U.S. title matches like back in the day, there's a really good match between him and uh, Dusty Rhodes that I really loved to watch. Uh, he's had a few with Magnum TA. Uh, there's another guy, I cannot think of his name. Uh, he's a bald dude, just yoked. But he was in that chase for a while in the uh, Crockett era. Like a lot of that stuff, I just really like. And I like how it is. Cause then once you see those big high spots that they hit, which are nowhere near what the guys are doing today, like no one's doing a shooting star press off the top rope in the eights. Right. And if you are, you're in some backyard somewhere hoping not to break your neck. Yeah. So having these guys and how it is, and I really like that style. And like, honestly, when we lay out matches, I try to limit the amount of bumps. Like, I don't want to take 14 power slams or just spine buster after spine buster get dropped in your head. Like, I'll take just about anything. Like, I don't care. If you can get me up and get me down safely and you're confident in it, I will 100% say yes. Now, if you bring me a move and you say, I want to try this, I've never done it before. Not sure if it will work. We are not doing it. <laughs> that ties into my question that I would typically ask of these is, is there something you wouldn't take? And sounding from you that if it's the, the first time, like, hey, you're going to be my experiment, Paul, we're going to try this. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no. no, like if, if the guy's experienced and he's bigger and I know he can move me around easily, that's fine. But there's a lot of guys like I did not realize like, actually how small wrestlers are like Adam Cole is considerably smaller than me and he's built at six foot. There's no way that guy is six foot. Like I met JJ Garrett. Yeah. I met (laughs) JJ Garrett in Iowa. Like, and this guy goes by like thought Steiner. I expected him to be like close to the size of Scott Steiner. This dude is like five, seven, like he's jacked and looks great. But, like, I'm looking around, and I kind of look over. I'm like, I expected him to be way bigger, and he's not. Like, it's crazy. Like, you don't meet a lot of, like, big, big, like, jack dudes. Like, they're here and there, but, like, the big dudes are usually, like, big dudes. Like, just big guys, not like, oh, you're Bobby Lashley size. It's more like, you kind of look like Rowan. Like, yes, Rowan is very strong. But Rowan doesn't look like a bodybuilder. Although I would be fine with Rowan wanting to do anything. That guy can move people. 
Boy, that's that's funny to say that he not not always, man. I remember years ago he uh, I was in the audience for pretty much all of his first wrestling appearances, and I can't tell you the amount of shit that we gave him. Thor oh, of, yeah. Thor of Marius, man. We 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 gave him all the shit that a, that a man could possibly handle. We were a little bit younger and a couple more beers deep back then, but <laughs> it, was, uh, it was it was always you know he'd he'd lay out or he'd, he'd nail a sidewalk slam and be like, all right, well. You got two more moves to go, and we know it's over. <laughs> we gave him hell. So when you are going through, like you said, that roll-up in the match that you had uh, in the AWF with Nick Natural Nelson, yep. uh, that like when he's saying like this is what we'll do, we'll we'll try it, we'll try it out, or or are you comfortable trying that type of move? Out? The first time that you've done that move in the yep. ring, do you get? like a good nervous going into it? Is it, you know, that, that kind of almost like pregame butterflies going into the the spot knowing, Hey man, I got, I got this opportunity to nail this. And you like, you do every time I've seen, is that like, do you get uh, that? Or is it just like, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to nail it. And, and I know what I'm doing. Not the spots. Like I knew once I got up, I knew the mechanics of it. Usually my butterflies will hit, but as soon as that bell rings and I'm in there, like, my mind works to where I know where we got to go. If we have spots, like what we're coming in out of, what we're going to kind of all that I can usually kind of get to where I need to be. If we need to audible something quickly, I can usually catch if they're calling it. Once I'm in there, I'm good. Like I, everything goes away and I just kind of hit this gear to where everything just kind of comes naturally. Like now before my music hits or before we kind of come in. Yeah. That's when I have the butterflies, but as soon as I get in there and I get moving, everything just kind of slows down for me and it just kind of works better. Like, I don't think I've ever been nervous once that match started. As soon as I hear the bell, I know where we're going. We can get in and out. Now, before that bell hits, that's sometimes another story, depending on who it is and like what we've kind of decided to do or, kind of the stakes that are for certain matches. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I mean, working with, uh, I mean, Nick, the natural Nelson is such a, he's such a heat seeker. He's one of, Oh yeah. I mean, my, my wife became a fan of yours. My wife was in the audience that night. She became a big fan of yours. I mean, part of it was based off of you, but part of it was based off of how much she hates Nick Nelson. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like, is that, do you, do you enjoy that working with, I mean, working face against those type of, of, of uh, of of heat seekers have you have you worked heel i guess because i haven't seen you work heel um i technically i've only worked heel twice so the last one was last saturday against king leonidas like naturally for me like just in a ring or doing anything heel comes way more naturally to me like i can be dirty i can slow everything down like i just normally look physically more imposing than anyone else so as a baby face, I have to do more and really sell that someone's kicking the crap out of me. Sometimes it's easier to sell than not. Like elite Nick is, he's quite a bit taller than me. He's bigger than me. So that's a little easier. And especially the way he seeks heat like, and to get that, it's really easy to get over that way. Cause usually by the end of my matches, like, cause I am so new. People don't know whether to cheer or boo me. Okay. Sometimes, like with Nick, it's a whole lot easier because he comes out and he literally makes you boo him. Yep. <laughs> so that's a whole lot easier. But usually by the end of the match, 
we get everyone where we need to be. And that really helps with how we're going to finish everything. Like, even with how we went to finish that match, I don't think back. I think I got him up for something down. He locked me up. So we got that crowd to come up, back down. And then as soon as I had him, that crowd just rolls right back up. So it's just kind of being able to play with that and to get that there. Because, I mean, selling, like uh, Alan was saying, like you need to make it look real, but also believable. Like I could go in there and sell for a four-year-old child, but is that going to be believable? Right. So right. it's it's a real fine line, and I'm still working on it. Still working on finding my fire, how to get everything kind of put together. But I mean, kind of with that, everything. If you're not learning something every time you get into the ring, which this is kind of preachy for someone 16 matches in, but you need to constantly be learning something, even little things, even stuff you're not even thinking about, because the way you're thinking and seeing it you're the only one in that ring and in that building that sees it exactly the way you're seeing it. Cause everyone else has got a different set of eyes and a different angle and kind of what they're doing. Cause I had a match against Bill Williams and we were in the armory in cottage Grove and there was no airflow in that building. Like I'm pretty sure you could have like put a pot in there and it would have hardened. Like that's how hot it was. Wow. So we're getting to the end of the match and I can tell I am blown up, but I just need to get through one more spot. And then the rest is bill. I just need to move and I get him up for my power slam, but I don't get him up enough. So he's kind of hanging off. So I kind of have to take a step as I'm stumbling and just throw him up on my shoulder to get where we're going. And we get to the back and we're both like, ah, oh, we didn't like that. Cause there was a couple of things we would like better. He's like, I should have gotten up better for you. Should have done this. And, um, one of the refs who was refing a different match had watched it. And Bill asked him, he's like, how did that look? Did it look like we botched it? He's like, no, that, it looked like a fight. It looked like you were struggling to not let him up there. And he just took you over. So that made me feel a whole lot better that you can mask some of these things if you're still going full bore. Because as soon as I felt him not where I wanted him, I knew I had two options. Gut him all the way up and just hope I get him there or set them back down and reposition and that would have looked even dumber. So I'm glad I went with the other way and just kind of got through it. Absolutely. Do you find it now uh, kind of working as a single are you, every now and again, are you, are you going, man, I'm uh, you're, you're kind of uh, safety net or that safety. Have you ever, have you went to go make the tag and, and realize like, Oh, that's, that, that, that's right. He's not there for me. Like, like, is that, cause it's completely different style. It's a completely different. Oh, art form than the tags. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've never had that. Uh, I've joked with different promoters. I've talked to him. Like, do you think I should work that one time? I like, just get the tar kicked out of me and try to crawl for that corner for that tag. And then realize I'm not in that position. Like, I think I would get some pops, like for people who knew what was going on and where I was from. But I think because we hadn't established our tag team, like we were starting to get buzzed, starting to really get booked and on everything, but we hadn't established in front of the fans. So I don't know if it would go over as great as me and Burn think it would because we would right. pop. Like, yeah. I would have to do my best not to laugh because, yeah. Uh, even in that Nick Nelson match, when they were throwing Snickers and suckers, <laughs> I work them up 
And he literally says to me, he's like, they're like my roses. I had to do everything I could to just not laugh at that. He's like, I can't laugh at this guy as I'm picking up, ready to just start throwing haymakers at him. Yep. Like, Jesus. That is, uh, that, that is actually, I asked Nick that after the match. I said, does that, <laughs> does that throw the, the feel of the match off at all? Does that throw, like, does that, while you're in there and all of a sudden you, you see, you know, some suckers and some snickers incoming. I was like, does that, does that kill any of the, uh, the flow of the match? And he just laughed and he kind of put his head on my shoulder. He goes, they, they might as well have been throwing me fucking roses. <laughs> I <was> like, oh, <laughs> <God."> <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask, as you were speaking on this, uh, I reference a lot of the old school wrestling, you know, stuff. Ricky Morton has the statement of sitting under someone's learning tree. We've been talking about your training. Who, I guess, is the most that you've kind of sat under, whether it be trainers, you know, you and Vern, you know, tag team type guys that you've learned the most from, like that they'll say, hey, when you do this, you know, change this, you know, like helping you grow both your in-ring ability, but also the psychology, things like that. Like, Who would you say is your biggest influence in that regard? So probably the guy who has literally bent over backwards and done way more than we could have ever asked is uh, Ricky Noren, mm-hmm. uh, the Renaissance Ricky Noren. Like, he is always there if we have a question. Like, He's always giving us helpful advice, like kind of giving us different ideas, um, different things, different psychology. Like, there's so many, but I would have to say Ricky is at the top of the list. And like, by no means did he ever have to give us the time of day, but we just started training with them. And actually the way it happened is uh, we wanted to do some tag stuff. When we know uh, Bill Williams and Ricky Noren, they have the uh, Renaissance revolution. We're like, Oh, do you guys want to train one day? And they said, yes. And then, so we started training with Ricky and just, talking to him, talking to him, talking to him, like the stuff he like says to us and gives us advice and even just the words of encouragement, like I think you put on Facebook or Twitter, like just the other day or maybe two weeks ago, just congratulating what we're doing and how I'm killing it on the single scene and how Vern's still being involved in wrestling, even though he's medically disqualified right now. Like, it's just stuff like that that he's just genuinely one of the best people I've ever met. And just for him to take time out and to just give us advice or even be an ear for us to ask him questions and everything, like, I would have to say, yeah, it's Ricky Moran, hands down. Like, we've had so many, like, uh, Darius and Dante Martin, when we first started training, they reached out to us, like, oh, let's do some tape study and talk about this, because... I mean, they wrestle as top flight, but they wanted more tag teams. And all we wanted to do is tag team wrestling. So they've reached out to us. Uh, Riley Jackson and Levy Cruz of NDS, they've always been great to us. We worked a match with them in North Dakota. That was really fun. Like, hopefully we can work them again in the future. Um, Sebastian Taylor has always been there. Like, there's a lot of guys. Bill Williams has always been another one. But a lot of those guys, like, are always there to help and everything. Damon Spriggle, uh, Shane Black, Badger Briggs. She's always down to train and work with us and stuff. Like, there's so many guys, and everyone we trained with, like, wrestlers might put on this, like, heel face gimmick. And quite frankly, we're all very big or look like tough guys because 
that ring is not fun to bounce in as much as everyone thinks it's a trampoline. Everything hurts. Luckily, the adrenaline is high enough during a match that you don't really feel it, but it still hurts. That we're just so close and we're basically just wrestling nerds who want everyone else to do better just because, I mean, for me to have a good match, I either need the tag team I'm wrestling to be able to have that match and make each other look good or a singles guy. We need to want to make each other look good. Right. Cause quite frankly, we could go out there and just throw hands and beat the tar out of each other. And no one's going to want to watch that. Like you can go watch UFC for that. But if you want two guys to just bare knuckle brawl in the middle of a wrestling match, that's supposed to be entertaining. It's not going to happen. Right. That is so. You said a couple of things in there that that uh, I, I I absolutely latch on to, and you you talk about the the people that are there and, and have helped you out. And it seems like, and I'm, you know, I've I've been a Minnesota indie fan for, I mean, as long as I can remember, man, all the way back. And and it's always seemed like such a, it seemed like such a good community. Uh, the, yeah. the Minnesota. I can't speak for any of the other scenes, obviously, because I'm only familiar with the Minnesota indie scene. Uh, but it seems like such a, a good community of, of wrestlers and performers that want to help each other out um, and lift, kind of lift each other up and see how how we can make this better and make that better. And it's it's such a, it's such a cool thing. Like I said, I can't speak to any of the other uh, communities. Cause I'm, only, I'm only familiar with the with the Minnesota indie community, but it seems fantastic. Um, oh yeah. I'm new to being, you know, being involved obviously with uh, with the AWF um, through through PD, but everybody that I've come across has just been been outstanding. It, it's 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 very it's something else, man. And and Ricky he was he was there in 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 Hammond, not even not even on the uh, the card there. Like he, he was, oh, he, yeah. was you know, he just just there helping the you know helping with the ring and stuff like that it was 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 pretty it was pretty awesome. Uh, so you, you trained with just speaking with, you know, the Minnesota community and, and, and how it does seem to be, you know, people helping everybody out, uh, with, with Ken and Ken, he notoriously doesn't necessarily have, he's got a reputation. Um, and I've met him. I have nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, obviously you've trained with him. I'm guessing that you had an absolutely wonderful experience. Where do you think this, the rest of this shit comes from? I don't know. Uh, I'm also a big believer, the older you get, the more you kind of calm down. And I mean, I'm around anywhere from early 20 something wrestlers to wrestlers in their fifties. Wrestlers are wrestlers. Like we get knocked around a bunch. Like we get dropped on our head. Like we have more than one screw loose, right? But you have all these different age groups and everything. And not everyone I have been around like loves, loves wrestling. Like they do it because they're good at it or they do it because they want to be a wrestler. So you can kind of see some of that. So my guess is Ken and I couldn't see it like wrestling. You have to be selfish. Like when you're in the ring with someone, you have to be selfless to make sure you both go home safe. But like, if you look at a wrestling card, there's five to six matches. Like, tag team wrestling, I was also a big fan of because there's not a lot of tag teams. So that tag team slot is a lot more wide open for me. A single slot is a lot harder to find because you can throw a rock at the Minnesota wrestling scene and you're going to hit quality wrestlers. 
and you only need so many wrestlers on a card because you're not going to do an eight-man tag. You're not going to do a fatal four-way. You're not going to do another six-man tag. You're not going to have all of these multi-man matches. So I'm not saying this did happen, but you have to be selfish at points to where you're going to take something or not. I don't know. And also it could be Ken got to WWE. Like, it's just kind of what it is. People are going to be jealous. But everything I've heard heard about Ken and seen from Ken, like, he's a stand-up guy. He's straightforward. He might have been dropped on his head a few too many times to where he forgets to call you back or forgets to talk to you about something. <laughs> right. But none of it I have seen is ill-intentioned. Yep. It's always with everyone's best, like, intentions at heart. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... People have their differences, and I can see where it's coming from. I've heard different things, but for me, he's a stand-up guy that is pretty much face value of everything he does. Yeah, absolutely. So, have you been on? Have you been on cards to this point of your career where you were surprised by, say, anybody that was on the card? Like, have you had that moment now where you're like, man, I can't believe you know this performer is on the card that I get to perform on. Have you had that, that kind of a moment? Uh, yeah, actually I want to say it's like our fourth or fifth match. So, um, are you familiar with time bomb pro wrestling? Yep. Yep. So we got asked to, uh, tag against the Carver of Cutters Valley and Duke Cornell. And I'm like, okay, this, this is a huge opportunity. This is IWTV. And then I'm like, wait, Dominic Garini is their champion. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. It gets better. So they weren't doing a traditional, like, Dominic Garini versus singles. It was him and his take partner, Kevin Koo, Violence is Forever, who I'm a huge Violence is Forever fan. And they were on there. And we decided to go down early to do the seminar. And it was with Dom and Kevin Koo. And we got even an extra like 15 minutes with them, just me, Bird, and Badger. And I'm just in awe of like, because Violence is Forever, if you've ever seen any of their stuff, is just amazing. I love their work. I love what they do. Like, I'm a huge Kevin Koo mark. Like, I really don't care who knows it. I love Kevin Koo. And Don Garini is fantastic. And those guys together, like, they put on a killer match against Orn Vayton. Damon Sprigle Lake. It's just being on that card with them was like amazing. And then, I mean, I'm not really surprised at some of the other guys I've been on cards with, but I mean, it's super nice being able to be on cards with a lot of guys I've trained with, but also like Minneapolis legends, like Ryan Cruz, uh, Darren Corbin, even Aaron Corbin wrestled, Eric Cannon, like being on the cards with those guys who have done close to 20 years, if not more of wrestling at that level is just kind of surreal to be like, Oh, I used to watch you now. I'm in the same locker room as you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. You, you, you kind of hit all the, uh, all the big, the big pillars of the scene, obviously, you know, when, uh, when first wrestling was coming on, man, they were doing some, they were doing, they offered something completely different. So now to, to be on those cards, that's, uh, I mean, that's, you hit all, you hit all of my, uh, all my check marks there. I mean, you hit with the can. <laughs> Cruise and man, I, I've been I've been watching those guys for 
before first wrestling was a thing, you know, that, that was, yeah. uh, that was way back when, and that, they, they've been, I've been big fans of theirs as well. And seeing that's, that's one of the exciting things right now. I think the exciting times, especially on the Minnesota scene is to see guys like, like you and the, the NDS guys and the program and, and PD and this kind of new wave uh come in that's that's coming up under because you know before before the eric can and all that we had you know mitchy paradise and horse the psychopath and then you can go even back further to the sod buster or jb trask and all those guys so it's always cool to kind of see that next that next wave of, of minnesota guys come through and and especially with you know guys like yourself only 16 matches which i'm still i mean i want to punch myself in the balls here and that <laughs> It's it's exciting, man. It's it, it's truly exciting for you know for for fans and and performers alike. Um, so you've been obviously you've done some some work with Time Bomb. You've done some work with uh, with the AWF. There are quite a few different promotions kind of now popping up throughout you know Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin. Do, do you do you call one a, a home promotion at this point? Uh I don't know. It's probably getting there, but like a uh, higher ground and battleground are probably ones I'm booked on continuously. So since July, I've been on every higher ground show and actually Saturday I have a title match against Josh Price. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So me and the man. big boy get to go toe to toe, a little house fight right there. There it is, man. In the title picture. That's shit, man. That should tell you something right there with how well you're doing, man. Yeah. Like getting that, that, that title match. Match what seventeen? Like shit, yep. yeah, fighting for yeah. the title. <laughs> I, I, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the one that baffled me the most. I'm like, wait, what? Because yeah. <laughs> I heard what the plan was going to be, and then the plan changed. So that opened up that spot, and apparently, Price asked for me. So, man, asking kind of one of those. Uh, be careful what you ask for. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's awesome. So, are you? Oh, I got I got myself Northern. For- Force T-shirt, and I know you got you got a PW. What is your PWTs? Uh, I got it pulled up here. What is it? I think it's just uh, PW. And then I will be having new gear soon for more singles, Paul Reed stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna have shirts on there. I know Vern's doing a couple other things. We might have some shirts on there for him until we for sure know if he's coming back or not. Right. But he's always going to be around. He's doing commentary for higher ground. Uh, he does a lot of backstage video stuff for time bomb. Mm-hmm. Him and Chris Huffman just did a whole video thing about the no ring death match that they had at, uh, last Saturday. So he's still getting around. Plus his videos just make me laugh, which is yeah. what he does on social media. All of his jokes, are literally trying to pop me. Like if everyone else laughs at him, it's just crazy. But it's mainly just to see if I text him, like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, knock it off. <laughs> so trying to pull the Ric Flair like with Tony Schiavone whenever he was in the <laughs> first ball and try to lock eyes with him. Like, look at me <laughs> to pop me in. Yeah. So so I gotta ask ask you this in the in the event that you do continue uh, on your singles tear i mean will you ever look to i mean in the event that that uh that he he can't come back are you would you be looking to are you going to become the northern force paul reed are we going to see a northern force 
2.0. And I mean, I, this is just speculation here. And if you don't want to get into it, that's, that's completely fine. I'm just, I'm just kind of, you know, wondering, I guess, to myself here. Well, uh, Northern Force is more than likely going to get dropped if I stay singles. Um, I don't think unless Vern can come back, there's ever going to be another Northern Force. Like if I do tag, I'm, it's going to have to be someone I really have a connection with. I mean, it's gotten to the point where we can just talk, like even over text where you lose a lot of like context and everything over moves. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like even in the ring, we know movements, we know what to do kind of in and out, how to get through here and there. So, I mean, we spent all of quarantine plus start of training. So a year and two months of just take team, take team, take team. And it was me and him. Like to duplicate that with someone else, like it'd be very hard unless I find that right person. And I'm not overly interested in finding someone. Like if it comes along and it's a good match and it makes sense to go that direction, I'm not going to say no to it, but I'm not actively out there being like, I need a new take partner. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, that is, uh, Northern Force, man. Northern Force. I know I got I know I got my tea. And anybody out there that's that's listening here, you gotta head over to that PWTs and get yourself a Northern Force. You gotta get you gotta get it. You gotta grab it. Support the support the indie community and support indie wrestling. That's that's, that's oh they're great. I love I love the shirts. Absolutely with the bear on it. The, the, oh yeah. Al, <laughs> I don't I'm waiting to see you in your Northern Force shirt there. I don't if I would have known no, no, it ahead of time, I would have already had one on. <laughs> I just wore this lousy jaded wrestling shirt. Same guy in Alabama design. Awesome. awesome. I do have one question for you, Paul. You've been talking about all these matches. Do you have a dream opponent? Like if you, regardless of promotion, you know, how long you want to take the wrestling career, how big you want to take the wrestling career, whether it be a tag with, you know, Northern Force versus or Paul Reed versus, you know, this individual. Do you have that in mind? Like, man, I would really love to wrestle with these guys. Uh, that, that is a very good question. I mean, probably on the top of the list, if Fern comes back and we're like FTR would be way up there. Mm-hmm. FTR, um, Rose of Destiny, I really like their work. Um, I mean, violence is forever. I would love to be able to get in the ring with them. And I mean, even some of the local stuff, like in the Midwest, uh, there's a team. Uh, I'm going to mess up this one guy's name. So it's Campbell Myers. And I think it's SK Bishop. I'm not 100% sure, but the Sad Lads, those guys are phenomenal. Um, we've always wanted to work country air. Um, there's a date we were supposed to work on, but some stuff fell through and then Vern got injured. So that never came to fruition. Like there's a handful of teams we want to. But I mean, singles-wise, I mean, everyone's got their WWE or AEW guys they want to wrestle. I mean, I would love to wrestle Moxley. I'm a huge John Moxley fan. Like, Seth Rollins would be amazingly fun. Like, Shinsuke would probably be the top of that list. I just love Shinsuke Nakamura. But other than that, like, I want to wrestle the guys who are essentially the pillars in Minneapolis. Like, I want to have a match with Darren Corbin. I want to wrestle Ryan Cruz. I want Eric Cannon. I want Brandon Gore. If Darius Sardante come back, I want both of those guys. I want JDX. 
Like I want the guys who are at the top who made a name for themselves here and left or still here. I want those guys. I want to prove to myself and to everyone else that I can go in there and hang. They're not carrying me. We go in there and I hang. Like, cause until I can do that, yes, I'm 16 matches in and that's kind of amazing of what I can do. But until I have those bars, I have to test myself on. I'm not going to be happy with what I've done. Like I'm, I'm very happy with what I've done, but I'm not going to rest on my laurels until I can have those matches and go out there and basically prove to not only everyone, but myself that the top guys in Minneapolis is where I should be. Well, I like that attitude. Never be satisfied with just where you are. That's yeah. Yeah, man. And I, I, like I say, just as uh just as a fan and, and somebody that's, that's, that has seen you live, man, I, I, you and you and Cannon, you and Corbin, you and Cruz, man, you, you would get Mitchie paradise, man. Get, 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 get I don't know about that guy. That guy's giant. He just power bombs everyone. I mean, probably take one, but not the 17 he's going to dish out. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, just, just like, just watching you, man. I, I, I'm a believer in what you do. Uh, absolutely. You, you got a, you got a fan in me and we're at the, you know, out of the jaded camp. We're absolutely pulled for you and we're, we're absolutely supporting you, man. It's incredible. Incredible. Um, so you have, we talked, we talked about that PWT store. Where else, where else can people, can people find you? I mean, hit, hit us with some of those socials you got. Uh, so we're on Instagram and Twitter. I want to say it's just, uh, yeah. Northern force MN on both, uh, Facebook. We have a fan page, Northern Force. Like if you just look up Northern Force take team wrestling on Google, like all of our stuff pops up right away. Usually Vern does all this. I'm not very tech savvy and I'm very dry when I type. So I have to really look over what I post to make sure it's not like, Paul Reed here, fight. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Paul Reed here, fight. Yes. Paul, what, 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 what do you got coming up here? We're, we're heading into October. You've got, I mean, do you got dates throughout, uh, throughout the coming up here? What do you, what do you have coming on the, the horizon? Uh, so October, November, I'm, Pretty filled up. So this Saturday, the second higher ground that's at the uh, Fraternal Order of Eagles. I got Josh Price in a uh, title match. Should be a good fight. Two big mean boys who just want to beat the tar out of each other, which I'm a fan of. Uh, the 16th, we got uh, Battleground. That's at back at Wolebski's. Uh, 23rd, I got AWF. That's going to be in Piers, Minnesota with Petey and those guys. Uh, well then, uh, then I got higher ground again, 5th of November, AWF the 13th of November. That's going to be down in Riceville, Iowa. So AWF is going everywhere right now. Uh, the 19th back at MIW in Chanhassen. That's a really fun venue. Uh, then November 27th, I believe that's the Saturday after Thanksgiving, but I could be wrong. Back at uh, Battleground at Wolebski's, December 3rd, Higher Ground. And then I believe this is going to be my last one for the year, uh, December 18th, MIW in Hassan. Then I'm starting to fill up dates for next year. I got other things coming in. I got to hold some dates and get some stuff in, trying to figure all that out. But yeah, so I'm 
pretty booked up. That's 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 great, man. That's that's outstanding. Anybody out there listening, man, get get on that PWT is grab yourself some Northern Force gear. Yeah, if you're able to head out and, and see this guy that again 16 matches in and and you I almost want to call bullshit, but quite honestly. <laughs> I would say that, but I literally have a list of every single match we've done. Like oh uh, wow. everything. <laughs> like so I have everything written down. It's the only way I can remember what's going on. I'm like, oh, because I actually, after uh, last Saturday, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was my fifth match and the fifth singles. I reckon. I'm like, no, that was my seventh singles. I'm like, even I'm forgetting how many matches I have. <laughs> it's outstanding, man. You you definitely got something. You got you got it as, as, as far as I'm concerned. And that's just, you know, I... I watched wrestling since I was since I was very young, man. Uh, countless matches uh, and watching you go and again, it's incredible. It's incredible. You, you, as far as I'm concerned, man, you got it. You got a lifelong fan in me. That's that's for sure. And then you're also awesome. I mean, awesome. Thank on, you guys. Being on the show, you're you're definitely now you're you're part of the Jada family, whether you want to or not. So you got a group. <laughs> you got supporters of Minnesota, Alabama, and Florida. So sorry about that. Those Florida guys are something else. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the century. <laughs> also, obviously, want to extend the uh, the invite for you to, to come back on down the road. You get some more dates in. You know, you, you get back on here. Talk a little bit more classic wrestling. Uh, Al, is there anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Man, I, uh, I think we've hit the the high spots on this one. This has been great. Uh, I've enjoyed. Again, 16 matches is ridiculous for what I've witnessed because Kevin sent me. He's like, hey, watch some of these matches. Get familiar. He's like, you're really going to like their style and everything. I'm okay. And I'm watching. Oh, yeah, that's this is good stuff. Like, how long have they been a tag team? And (laughs) wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, we will, we will let you slide here, man. I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you to everybody out there listening again, Paul Reed, Northern forest, man, get, get, get used to hearing that. Cause you're going to hear a lot more of in the future. I, I can guarantee it. Well, thank you guys so much. Good talk. <laughs>